0: Welcome to Death Holler, the place of haunted hearts and haunted homes. We welcome you to Death Manor, the home that boasts the most ghosts. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Take a look around. You might see someone that you recognize. Do you hear those voices? That's just the Reverend Dr. Death and La Arena. They're so happy to see you. Sit back and relax. Make yourself at home, your new home. And remember, when you're in death holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: It's been a little bit, Urena. What's been going on?
0: I have been trying to avoid dreaming about fucking ghosts from watching all these damn ghost movies. Because I have had you you get to hear my weird ass dreams where I don't know if something's actually talking to me or and, and needs help or am I imagining it in my head? Is this crazy talk? It probably is crazy talk. So, you know, but I've been doing pretty good. I haven't been having any weird freaking dreams. So but other than that, just kind of sticking to the to the uh, script and watching just the movies that we're supposed to be watching. <laughs>
1: Well, there's not been a whole lot out either. I think the, that's supposed to change towards the end of this month. There's actually supposed to be some decent horror movies coming to theaters uh, around the end of August, I think. So
0: We are entering spooky season. Like, it's 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 just around the corner.
1: Uh, some people have said it's already started. So it's, Yeah, I mean,
0: go. we pretty much can start it when we want to. I know last August I was trying to, but it was so fucking hot out here in California. So... <laughs> <laughs> Nice and cool. Now we got that fall weather right now.
1: Yeah, it must be nice. We still haven't reached that that time period yet, so yeah. it's kind of kind of a pain.
0: What's been going on with you though?
1: Uh, well, you you've maybe stopped dreaming about them, or at least being able to control it somewhat. I, I think I might have actually seen one.
0: Oh, shut up!
1: <laughs> so I was on my way back. Uh, from picking something up, and and I drove down this one street that I normally don't go down, but it was it was on the way. So uh, I was driving past. There's this this like two story old old apartment style building, like one of those old like brownstone type mm-hmm. you know block buildings or whatever. And um, it's in total disrepair. Looks like it's on the verge of you know like the the city you know needing to condemn it and you know basically put it out of its misery. And as I'm driving past it, you know, normally I wouldn't even look over there because normally there's n- nobody on that street. So I wouldn't even think about it, but like I was behind somebody and they had to stop cause there was traffic coming either way. And so I was sitting there, I just looked over at it and I saw there was now they have like big old drop cloth, like curtains and windows or whatever. And, um, behind those curtains, but facing the street, I saw, you know, like a couple of cats, I'm like, okay, there's, you know, cats, that has got their way in that building or whatever. But as I was looking, there's a little kid's face that's looking out at the street from one of those windows. And mind you, this is not a place that's being rented. And to my knowledge, it's not being worked on to to be renovated either. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, you know, I didn't think anything about it. I was like, you know, it, it, it was one of those, you know, cherubic-faced, you know, kids that, you know, I mean, it, it didn't look like I – I hate to be this way, but it didn't look like a homeless person's kid. Okay, it out there, you know, it didn't look, you know, starved. It was a well-fed child, which is good, you know. But I'm look like I'm sitting there, and the kid's like just watching the traffic. And then, like it, as I'm looking at the kid, it looks back at me. Oh hell no! Then I set the, <laughs> and I said that, and. And so I look back at the road. I'm like, okay, it's a kid looking at me. And I look back at the road because, you know, to see if the person from me's went yet and they still have it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, wait a minute, this, uh, you know, this building's almost, you know, condemnable. It's, it's in such bad repair. Who in the hell in the right mind would have a kid in that place, even if they were working on it? And so, like, I look back there and, of course, the kid's not in the window anymore.
0: Oh, it's coming for you. <laughs> it's like, you can see me. So I can talk to you now.
1: Um, and the only thing I could see at the kids, so, I mean, here's the thing that, that, you know, and I know there's a million ways poke holes in this, but, and I've thrown some of them out there, homeless kid, you know, whatever, somebody could have been renovating. I'm not aware of a renovation, but could be going on. But, um, like, you know, I, I saw, I could only see the kid's face, so I couldn't see their clothing. So it's not one of those things where it's like, you see somebody Victorian clothing. It's like, oh shit, that's a ghost. Like it, you know, so, you know, take that as you may. I only saw their face, but it was clearly a boy. And it had, like, just, you know, kind of like this light, curly, like, brown hair on the top of its head. And then, like, you know, these these pale blue eyes. Like, I mean, very pale. Like, I remember. (laughs) So I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like. And it just got me thinking, even if this kid is totally normal and it's just, you know, whatever, one of those other explainable things, it just got me thinking. I was like, if you saw a ghost in today's, you know, day and age with, like, people, like, hooked to their cell phones like zombies, which I normally would have been doing, and I'd never normally even look at those places if I'm just sitting there, which I know you're not supposed to be driving, whatever, you know, people do it. But, like, I was just I was sitting there thinking, I was like, You probably would never know if there was anything around you, anyways, because nobody even looks around them anymore. I mean, that's just how things are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: fuck every even like,
0: like, even if you are into even when you're ghost hunting now, you have so you can even use your cell phone, they have fucking EMF readers on cell phones now, you know, right? Everything's through the fucking phone. So even then you'd be glued to that. Like, Oh wait, I think I got something and the ghost is right next to you. Like I'm right here. Motherfucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know. It's like, people don't, I mean, unless you're doing that specifically, like people don't, people watch anymore. Like they used to, there's too many things to distract you. It's like, that used to be like, you know, you'd sit on your front porch cause you had nothing jack all to do. And it's just like, Oh, you know, and you just watch other people. So like, even if you saw a ghost, how would you even know, like, the way, unless they just float, I mean, we'll get to some stories later that uh, Peter Jackson and some others told, but it, unless you saw it specifically, like, inside your own house when you know that nobody is supposed to be there, how would you know, like, just some kid looking out a window in an old apartment building is a real person or not? You yeah,
0: know? there isn't, I mean, and then even, <laughs> I don't know, because it's, I don't know. It's not like it used to be where, you know, people, not even a ton of people are into ghost hunting. We're into watching it on our phones, (laughs) you know, or on TV, but no one's really into And then everyone's so into debunking everything. So,
1: yeah, because, I mean, we're so scientific now that we have, you know, we can't believe in anything like that. We have to constantly, you know, make up, oh, it's the wind or it was the pipes or whatever, you know, like we discussed <laughs> in the last episode for the Changeling, you know.
0: Oh, my God. Well, that's actually pretty fucking awesome. I mean, but now. <laughs> OK, so you did 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 it scare you? Like, I mean, because you, you just saw a kid and you're, and you're trying to put two and two together. But like now that you've had time to fester on it,
1: that I mean that's the thing. It didn't scare me at all. It's just it's like I was like if that was a ghost, that was kind of cool, you know. If you know to see, and then if not, then the adult of me, you know, adult in me is just like I feel really bad. Why was that kid by itself in this old decrepit building? Like that's not. I mean, even if the parents were like you know on heroin or whatever in the corner, (laughs) that's a bad situation for a kid to be in.
0: God, that is terrible. And you did say you are like, oh well, it didn't look like a homeless child. <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, it was.
1: It, it. I mean, the kid looked very healthy. I will. Yeah. I would give the parents that. You know, if whatever. So if I this mean, is a normal it, kid. It, but it was a pale white kid. So how, I mean, that's the other thing. How can you tell? I mean, you know, if a ghost. I Reverend, mean, Reverend you know, Nona
0: is a pale white kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am just. Uh, I'm just saying, a pale white kid, is, you know, is like there's no real way. It's like, oh, that's clear. I mean, you can't tell. I mean, there's no. I mean, it's. I can't I mean, believe you wasn't...
0: could see the color of his eyes. How far away was <laughs> this?
1: Was, um, I would say, I mean, it was pretty close. I mean, um, it was like one lane, and then like a little bit of grass, you know, in the front yard, like away from me. I mean, it was fairly close to the road.
0: Okay, but like how many floors up was this child or was it on the it first floor? It was on the
1: bottom floor. Okay, of the okay.
0: House. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Dang, dude. I don't even know. I I got nothing.
1: I mean, I, there's I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not going to claim it was. It was just but I was like that's kind of cool. That's because you don't want to claim any negative about.
0: energy. you're like I you said I do I can totally see you not wanting to claim any negative energy
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're like nope yeah well I mean I never I mean I didn't invite it home I mean I'm I'm smarter than that we 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 talked about this last episode that you do not do that it's like come on in you know you don't do that shit You don't okay
0: but sometimes it is unintentional like for instance the people that truly believe in this you don't It's Okay, when they find someone that can see them or hear them or feel them, that's energy like, oh, my God, this person could potentially help me. At least that's what the belief is. So
2: if something's like,
0: oh, my God, you could see me, this is awesome, (laughs) that's my next victim. Not necessarily victim, but, you know, (laughs) that's the person I'm going to seek to help me. And then it's like they attach themselves to you, not – sometimes not with ill intent, but sometimes it's not the best either. So I don't know. That's why like in my dreams when I do dream of these and I don't know what I'm dealing with. I'm like, Nope, Nope, no. You can help me find a million dollars. Nope. I don't believe you. Like I'm just, I don't trust. No, I, I trust no ghost. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Speaking. I mean, this is, this is definitely a tangent, but uh, you know, weird stuff, uh, Mandela effect stuff. Uh, they're claiming now that Ed McMahon was never over the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes.
0: Oh my God. I've heard about that. And people are going fucking nuts about that. And I'm like, is is it because, okay, is it because he's not showing up as of recent? He's, isn't, is he even still alive?
1: I, he, he did it. I mean, he was over that in like the, uh, I want to say that it was in the late 80s or into the 90s because I, I remember there was a movie that made fun of like him being over the sweepstakes, but I can't remember which one it was now.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, was, I remember yeah. him being a part of that.
1: Do you? So, but they're saying that he never was. That's... Mm-mm. Whatever, I mean...
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's these crazy... I swear, it's these crazy kids that just have n- nothing better to do. They weren't even there, so they can't... It's not like they can verify, oh, yeah, I saw that, you know. I guess some of them were old enough to be like, I remember him there, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it was like the late millennials that are maybe coming up with this stuff because they only half remember stuff that goes that went on in the 90s, so they kind of make a few things up here and there.
0: I don't even know.
1: Uh Speaking of creepy kids, and just to wrap up our discussion on that before we move on to the day subject, we didn't discuss Sinister. What are your thoughts on those movies? Just like short and sweet. Like, what'd you think about those?
0: Um, right up my alley. Uh, really kind of chilled me to the bone. Uh, that's it. I mean, my husband, when I watched the first one, he goes, you need to watch this because you're Mexican, you're Catholic, and this is right up your alley. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say, because we're eventually we're get, we're going to review them. Are we?
1: Well, I mean, I would have thought we'd reviewed him for this season cuz they're kind of it's kind of a ghost story, I think with Bagul, although he could be a demon, so we could maybe bring him up later. I don't know cuz there's ghost kids, but Bagul is kind of like a demonic creature, so yeah. I guess we could bring it up later. God. Um all I was going to say about it is I think part 2 is actually better than the first one.
0: I did I don't like know part how 2. do you feel
1: about that statement? Um but I, I feel like it was better.
0: Okay, yes, I agree with you. But I will give part one its due of what it brought to us. I I, I thought it was a great uh, intro I, film, but you're right. The second film was better.
1: I agree with you in the sense that, like, I really think that they did a good job taking, like, you know, Ethan Hawke, and then, like, there was just, I mean, he's renting out this, like, just ranch-style, anywhere USA home, and it could basically, and I mean, that brought the, the you know, kind of like Poltergeist did, although that did that for, like, wealthy suburbanites, like, Sinister brought it even more like, you know, like lower middle class, like blue collar, like as far as like the house that, you know, like the is like infesting. So it's like, I mean, I give them credit for that, but I think the second one was it had a creepier setup where it was like the kids were trying, you saw it from the kid's perspective versus Ethan Hawks. And like, (laughs) you know, just being like, you know, like the, the kid's, or it, it's creepier to, to, for them to be seeing this shit than it is for him to be investigating the ghoul or whatever it was in the first one.
0: Reverend, do you want to laugh at me? Can, can you hear what?
1: me? Yeah. <laughs> what I am was, I going to laugh at?
0: I'm not. I have not seen the Sinister movies. I thought you were talking about you something different. Seen? No.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, I was
0: thinking you were talking about what, oh, God, what movie am I thinking you're talking about where the kid goes into, like, a coma?
1: He goes he, into a coma. He goes
0: into a coma, and he sees, it's like a demon that's trying to lure him into the other side, and it's got.
1: You're my, you, Are you talking about Insidious?
2: Insidious. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. okay. I'll give you credit for that, though. I feel like they came out around the same time and okay. and Sinister was almost a knock-on, uh, you know, of, of Insidious.
0: Okay, so I was talking for a reference. Any listeners, my apologies. I am not a professional, and I was talking about Insidious.
1: <laughs> there were ghosts in Insidious, though, but I think since that was primarily a demon, that would be better for a demonic season. Huh. So if we go back and revisit that again.
0: Demon um, semen which, season. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think Bagul would kind of fit in that. He is kind of, I mean, as a figure, he's kind of demonic. It's the ghost kids that are kind of the ghostly aspect of that.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I have not seen, so I cannot. (laughs) I cannot report on Sinister.
1: Well, I think there's people at the door now, so we'll just let them in. (laughs) Let's let them in. After death and joining me as always, somewhere from a parallel dimension where a few of the inhabitants are sex fiends. It's La Urena. How it goes it in your neck of the woods, Urena.
0: Consent, everybody. Consent is key. Okay. There are willing participants out there. If you are a spirit and you want to get your freak on, <laughs> with someone otherworldly consent. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say.
1: It's That is the name of the game. (laughs) Uh, Ghost ghost sex. It's a topic often avoided in polite society, but since we ain't polite and it's a thing, we're going to discuss it. Uh, Technically, Donnie G has been talking about it already, but I digress. Uh, The two films we're reviewing today bring up the subject in completely different ways. One is a horror comedy about deranged lovers who refuse to let even death separate them, and the other is a true, if in every sense of the word, horror about a woman targeted by an evil uh, from beyond our reality. So sit back, try to remain as calm as possible, and join us as we review the frighteners and the entity. Um, and just a quick podcast plug: if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate if you could take the time to like, comment, subscribe. We've had, a, you know, uh, several people. Is it, is it in Denmark still? That's what we're, we're rated pretty highly.
0: Yeah, we're staying up in the t- what do I say the top one eighties, top one seventies now,
1: <laughs> so, top two hundreds. I mean, okay, <laughs> we well we appreciate it, and if we could get those numbers up in some other countries, that'd be great too. Um, so. Uh, you know, just help us out, you know, kind of let other people know that might be interested. We would appreciate it. And, uh, thank you for enjoying the show.
0: Yeah. And don't be shy. Join us on social media, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, we're not quite on the Twitters or anything, but Hey, you know, get on there, make some comments, drop some memes. We're all for it. Okay.
1: We would definitely appreciate it. And, and more interaction from the audience is even better. But before we have our discussion about the, the ghost in this episode, uh, I, I have a very uh, interesting attack of the bees. What, what is that, what is that, what is it? Oh no, no not the bees, not the bees! Ah! I'm my eyes! So I was looking for options that were not in Donnie G's realm of expertise (laughs) to cover as a potential attack of the bees, and I did find one. Um, The Spirit is Willing is a movie from 1967 directed by, uh, I mean, surprisingly, William Castle, who we've already discussed twice now from uh, 13 Ghosts and The House on Haunted Hill. Um this one was written by Ben Starr, who did a screenplay, and Nathaniel Benchley, who made who wrote the novel that it was based upon called The Visitors. The principal players in this one uh were Sid Caesar, uh playing Ben Powell, uh, who's kind of down on his luck and down in his back father. Uh he was he's also an editor who's kind of on you know forced into taking a vacation and uh a Quite a bit of a skeptic, at least until the last uh, third of the film. And uh, Sid Caesar probably is most common to people now uh, for being Coach Calhoun in Greece One and Greece Two. I don't know if you remember that character, but that's what he's probably most commonly known for. Okay. Um, he was also, in it's a mad, mad, mad world. Uh, there's four mads in there. I probably didn't say it, but there's a million of them. Uh, history of the world part one, uh, from Mel Brooks, which is a pretty good movie. And so, I thought this was funny. He was in the Munsters revenge, the 1980s, uh, made for TV Munsters movie. Uh, speaking of all the Munsters stuff going on recently, I thought that was kind of hilarious. <laughs> Um, We have Vera Miles playing Kate Powell, who's the loving wife and distraught mother. Uh, She played in the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance uh, with, um, oh, why why am I blanking on his name? The guy who was in uh, Rear Window and also, um, oh, geez, now I'm going to go crazy. He was also in... um, it's a wonderful life. You, you know who I'm talking about? I'm
0: checking right now. Uh, John Wayne? No. James Stewart?
1: Yes. Okay. Jimmy Stewart. There you go. Um, and she was in Psycho and Psycho too. So wow. she was in some straight up big time horror movies. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of that, we're going to have to have a discussion. I, I was coming up with, like, possible ideas of slashers to include for next season, and I don't know if Norman Bates counts. He's on the spectrum, but I don't know if he's a true slasher or not. Why? He, I mean, if, if you want to argue that he is, that's fine. I just want, I mean. I don't have a great argument,
0: sure. but it's <laughs> it's it's like, maybe it's, it's like a, a slasher light, you know, like a diet slasher.
1: He's he's definitely he's on the way to being a slasher. Yeah. I really agree with you on that. You know, I we'll mean, have he, to and,
0: we'll have to conjure up all the the slasher films because we're gonna have a lot of them. There's gonna be a lot and we're gonna have to kick some to the curb.
1: That that's my problem, is because even if you go with the established franchises and we cover every movie in those franchises, even if we just do quick reviews of each one, there's a lot yeah. in those series. I mean, how many you know, not around Elm Streets, how many Friday the 13th are. I mean, there's a ton. So
0: it's probably going to um, have to be one of those things where we say, OK, this week we're doing Friday the 13th. And it's like, OK, you pick your favorite, you pick your favorite. And why? And then briefly discuss the others.
1: I was thinking that at, we might. And this is I mean, we can, you know, finalize this before we get to that season that we would discuss um, maybe, like, take a whole month to each individual slasher and then maybe, like, start with the the early half of their career, movie careers and discuss, like, our favorites and maybe mention the other ones, and then, like, the second, you, you know, part of the month be the later half of their, you know, like, parts one and two, basically.
0: Oh, yeah, that actually would be good.
1: Okay. That's, that's what I thought about, but then I was thinking about, I was like, Norman Bates could be maybe, like, a, like, a November like lead-in, like he's <laughs> not technically there, but he's on the way. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, Barry Gordon plays Steve Powell in this movie. He's the whiny teenager and the bane of his of existence to his parents, like most teenagers are. <laughs> and <laughs> and he he's our first ghost fucker of Ooh, the evening. Of so, course he
0: is. Uh,
1: uh, give a clap, everybody, for the ghost fucker. I mean, here he is in all of his glory. A little perv. <laughs> what I thought funny about this guy was is that he is a prolific voice actor and here's just some of the cartoons he was he he's done voices for uh Jabberjaw, The Smurfs, The Jetsons, and the one that most people our age would remember is the original and also the new video game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in which he played Donatello and Bebop. So Oh wow. Kind of interesting that the guy that was in this *Spirit Is Willing* movie is was you know I mean from my childhood I heard his voice all the time and didn't even realize it. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> we have John MacGyver playing uh, Uncle George, who is a self-made millionaire, uh, twice over yacht owner, and the second ghost fucker of the film, quote unquote. Good god. Um, <laughs> I, I say ghost in this case, uh, in, in a roundabout way. And I'll, I'll, let, I'll explain a little bit later, but yeah. Um, anyways, he was in breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, the Manchurian candidate, the original film midnight cowboy. And I thought this was funny. He was in the apple dumpling gang. I don't know if you ever saw that with Don Knotts and, uh, and, uh, Tim, uh, Conway, but yeah, yeah was- that, that, that was a pretty fun little movie back in the eighties for kids at least. Um, We have Cass Daly, um, who is uh, playing, let's see, I don't know why this copied this twice. Uh, Cass Daly's is playing Felicity Twitchell, uh, the homely spinster uh, that is tired of being cucked. (laughs) (laughs) And we have uh, Jill Townsend playing three different parts in this movie. We have uh, Jenny Pruitt, Priscilla Weems. And uh, Carol Weems, as the three characters she's playing, Um, she's playing triple duty as a ghost maid that likes to get down. (laughs) Two sisters descended from the same family tree as said ghost, and one is a hippie spiritualist and the other a librarian. And uh, Jill was in The 7% Solution, and she was in the 1980 uh, Mummy film The Awakening, uh, which is... uh, Kind of an interesting, I mean, it's not really a mummy movie. It's more of like a ghost mummy. It's it's weird, but anyways. Okay. Uh, and then rounding out the cast, we have uh, Robert Donner playing Ebenezer Twitchell, who is the ship captain ghost, the cheating spouse, and a gold digger.
0: <laughs> this sounds uh, like a fucking per- porno.
1: Uh, it is. I'll, I'll explain the synopsis here and you can kind of get the gist of it. So shortly after being offered the hand of a wealthy shipping magnate's daughter, a gold digging ship captain spends his wedding night with a hot maid. The homely heiress betrayed and alone kills the cheating couple, but not before her husband kills her skipping ahead about 80 years and multiple renters who met untimely ends. We are introduced to our modern quote unquote family at modern in the sixties, at least Yeah. Uh, the pals, who are taking a vacation in New England following the orders of Ben's uh, or the father's employer basically he got low in his back or got down in his back he wasn't doing his job quite to up to their specs and they're like okay take a vacation you might not have a job when you get back but you got to go right now so that's kind of where he's at he's afraid he won't have a job when he gets out of it but they're going to make the most of it um when, the, when misfortunes begin happening around the rental house, Ben and Kate are quick to blame the whiny brat of a son, but it is actually the work of the three angry ghosts. Uh, because in the movie, uh, the ghosts are always fighting each other because, of course, the, the homely heiress is tired of being cucked because every time she turns around, the, two, the, the hot maid and the captain are always fucking. Jesus! And... And she's and she gets pissed and throws stuff at him and then sometimes whenever the the hot maid decides that she's not being protected well enough by the captain, she gets mad at him and they, they just all fight. So oh my God um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Hatches fly, shit gets broken, yachts continuously sink and then rise back out of the water and of course ghosts do some fucking. <laughs> um, so <laughs> in this movie, You've got the three ghosts that are in the love triangle. At least two of them are, and then the one's just kind of off to the side, pissed. You've got um, <laughs> you've got the son who ends up uh, sleeping with a hot maid ghost because he thinks that she is the you know Jen or she's actually Priscilla. Uh, her the spending or whatever, long time, you know, cousin or whatever you want to call her, because they look exactly the same. But he ends up fucking the ghost instead, and then realizes after the fact. <laughs> um, does it actually show? Maid. Not. It's
0: not going to show them fucking, but does it show them like getting hot and heavy?
1: Uh, basically, she starts to strip down, and then like later, it's like he's putting his clothes back on. I mean, okay, it doesn't actually show them, but it, 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 you know, that he does basically tell uh, he. Whenever Priscilla shows up to the the party that they're throwing, because they're they're trying to uh, get the, the the ghost all together, because this is the funny part of it. So Cass Daly's character Felicity, the Cuck, she is sick of being cucked, so she thinks that if she gets a bunch of beauty supplies brought to her, that she can doll herself self up, and that the go the ghost captain will fall in love with her and maybe actually choose her for the first time. So they're, they're trying to get her to show up to this party they're throwing. And, um, and then Priscilla, who is in communication with the spirits because she's the hippie spiritualist, uh, shows up or is, is on her way to the party, but ends up she's intercepted before she can get in there by her, you know, ancestor, the, the hot maid. And then the hot maid ends up, you know, getting down with basically anybody that'll get with her. I mean, there's uh, I didn't list it, but, um, one of the actors that's in one of our other films that we're discussing, uh, John Aston, who plays in, you know, um, The Frighteners and who's Gold Adams. He, he plays a, um, this psychiatrist who is called up by Uncle George because when Uncle George uh, sees that his nephew is buying all these beauty supplies in this lingerie, he naturally assumes that his nephew is gay, oh. so he decides to get a psychiatrist to scare him straight. In other words, uh, this is another time people don't go woke crazy on me. I'm, you got to stay with me on this. They, they different times. So, <laughs> John Aston shows up to the party, and he's sitting there asking a bunch of questions to uh, to the son. Uh, Steve and then and Steve thinks that John Aston is the gay guy and, and gets really creeped out by him and like, you know, gets away from him as soon as possible. And so when John Aston like is outside and he's trying to figure out what to do, the hot maid tempts him all around to the side. And then like he, you know, and it's implied that they, they do the nasty too while, while he's outside. So she gets with everybody. She, she doesn't she care. She is She's in a the
0: hoe. <laughs> she is a ghost.
1: Um, the funny thing is, is that her other descendant, the Carol, who's the librarian has been like discussing, uh, a, a, the history of the family quite a bit with Ben, because he's finally came around at this point in the movie to, to realizing that, you know, that there is ghosts in the house and that's when his wife gets jealous because she thinks he's cheating on her with the, the pretty young librarian. So <laughs> there's that whole triangle going on in this movie.
0: Holy shit, dude. Um,
1: <laughs> It's actually I'm gonna throw this out there. This is the best William Castle movie that I've watched for any of these <laughs> episodes. It really is. It's actually a decent movie. I mean, it's funny at parts. They the, the ghosts are legit like I mean, they're throwing hatchets at people's head. They try the very first thing that happens to Steve is they push him out of a three story window on the hillside and he's only barely saved by his parents. And then like later on in the movie, uh, Uncle George is being has been strung up by the uh by uh, Felicity, uh, Twitchell, uh, when he goes upstairs to, to try to find Steve, he's been like, he's found hanging there. So, Good and, uh, Ben had to save him at that point. So these ghosts are like, they're out for blood. I mean, they, they don't, if they're not fucking, they're, they're pissed yeah, off. They're out they're, for they're blood and
0: semen. Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what I was going to say is, so not only do we have the people that hook up the way they do, but uncle George, um, at the end of the movie, he actually becomes, uh, attracted to, uh, the homely heiress, uh, Felicity Twitchell. And she decides that she's going to give up on chasing after her deadbeat, literally, uh, uh, <laughs> captain, uh, you know, the, the, husband. And so she, she tempts George outside and takes him to like this big lover's bluff area and then pushes him over. And then whenever he's dead at the end of the movie, as they're dri- as the family's driving away in the car, Uh, it, it basically implies that uncle George and, and, and the cuck are, are getting, are getting busy on the back of their convertible. So there you go. I mean, wow. George gets some too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) if you have a chance to watch this movie, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not really a bad William Castle movie at all. I was actually surprised. Um. I'm going to give it the Nick, the patented Nick Cage rating of Willy's Wonderland because <laughs> it's cheesy as hell, but it's entertaining for most of its runtime. So there you go.
0: I can't even with you right now.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of ghosts getting down, um, not a stranger's to to ghost getting it on when I told Donnie G about this week's theme he definitely had to weigh in on the subject here is his review of a real gem from video smash-ups back room
0: and now it's time for another episode of I think I downloaded the wrong movie
3: What's up, everyone? It's Donnie G, and today we are answering the age old question Does Voma spit or swallow? That's right, today I am breaking down the animated short, Voma Finds a Different Kind of Ghost. A synopsis on this while stumbling her way through a dark and scary warehouse in search of an elusive apparition, in classic Voma fashion, she stumbles and loses her glasses. And of course, whenever she finds them and puts them back on, She looks up, and there he is, Ghost Cock, a literal floating cock and balls. Now, Velma, she wouldn't be Velma if she weren't inquisitive. And wanting to apply the scientific method to see exactly how real Ghost Cock is, she examined its full functionality by blowing it. Okay, now this one was a fun one for me. Uh, The animation quality was really good. Uh, The voice actress, she was spot on. And without giving too many spoilers, there was a bit of actual humor. Uh, It wasn't overly humorous, but it was cute. And if you stay until the end, you will see that there is a possibility of a part two in the near future. Uh, The runtime on this, it's only about three and a half minutes long. Uh, There is literally no story or plot to it whatsoever, but it's still not bad at all. Uh, Especially if you still have a childhood crush on America's Favorite Nerd. Uh, so for this one, I'm giving it a solid three and a half out of five eggplants. Like I said, for what it is, it really is enjoyable. All right. Now that's it for the, for the show tonight, friends. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, follow the show at death holler podcast, and you can follow yours truly at big bald M F E R. And until next time, friends get fucked.
1: The funny thing about that is, and I discussed this with him, you know, the, you saw in the chat. Uh, that's not the only Velma and, and uh, it, it ghost fucking that goes on. There's actually a uh, live action one with uh, another uh, uh, sex uh, star, uh, Kendra James, who plays Daphne in that one, and they and they uh, go into a house. Uh, once it's uh, or the mystery machine breaks down, they have to spend the night in this spooky house, and this ghost possesses them, and they basically fuck each other because the ghost is like a perv, and that's what he does. So. Oh my
0: god! Um, <laughs> you know it's funny because I was googling, I was trying to find to see if there was like a porno remix of the Scooby Doo song,
2: <laughs>
0: and there wasn't. But unfortunately, I was the uh, unwilling victim. This ghost was not willing, and um. <laughs> (laughs) 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 i i I had to see i saw like not a clip but like you know a screenshot or whatever thumbnail of what sounds like this but the uh actual version not because this sounds like it was animated
1: (laughs) yeah that's what it was he was describing it was animated okay
0: and this was not but it was literally just a dick and balls and it looks like she was definitely um, enjoying the time, but I couldn't see anything else. No other part of the body, but it it wasn't animated. So I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck, dude? <laughs>
1: um, moving on to tonight's movies that, uh, that we're discussing, uh, we'll get the the funny one out of the way first here. Uh, just continue that theme before we have to get serious. Uh, the first movie up is the Frighteners, uh, from 1996 directed by Peter Jackson written by Fran Walsh, who is actually, well, I don't know if she's his wife. I I wrote that in the notes, but then I got to listen to him on the like commentaries and he says his partner. So at least it's, it's, you know, maybe they're not married in like a religious way, but like they've been together forever and they got kids together. So they're, you know, they're a couple, um, and Peter Jackson, they kind of collaborated on the writing of this. Um, music is by Danny Elfman, as we have discussed before. Um, And I'm just going to throw this out there because they had Danny Elfman on there. And I mean, he, he brought it up because people are going to have that, that, discussion they're like well Danny Elfman's stuff sounds the same and like Danny Elfman even said he's like that he always appreciated whenever he was younger the composers that you could listen to and you could realize that they you know it was their work because they were kind of consistent yeah um you know kind of like the uh the composer that you know did Star Wars and you know like in and you know Hans Zimmer kind of does some similar things but like he he said he always appreciated that but he also said that he, he's, he 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 kind of joked and said he's only got three people living in his head. So if you if you hear Beetlejuice and it happens to sound like you know the Frighteners, he said he doesn't have that many people in his head. So the themes are going to sound the same or sound similar. Yeah, he, says he tries it, you know. So there's that. But I enjoy his music, so that that's fine with me. Um, this was made for a budget of twenty six million U.S. dollars, wow. and it only made twenty nine point three million. Dang. Uh, you wanna take a guess at why that is?
0: Oh God, it was released the same time as something else.
1: Was it well, it wasn't really that, although it was. It was released the same year as Scream, so it had that going against it. But they released this movie in the middle of summer. Um I don't know why it, it is so hard for movie uh, you know, companies uh, to understand that when you have a horror movie, if you just release it any time after August, it'll probably do better. Yeah. But don't release it in July. I mean, that's a stupid time for a horror movie. It really is.
0: I mean, yeah, because the summer blockbusters, they're usually action films.
1: They're usually big, dumb action films, then because people just turn their brains off. They're like, we're out, we're on vacation. We don't yeah. want to, that We're just in here to, for the air conditioning anyways. You know, we don't want to have to think about this. I guess um, so.
0: Yeah. I, n- I had never really even thought about it. But, I mean, it, you know, we, we joked about starting spooky season early. And it's like, we you really do. It's a whole mood. It's a whole, I got my furry boots. I got my scarf. I got my blanket. I got my cup of coffee. I got my pumpkin spice latte. And my nose is cold and I'm ready to snuggle in and watch some scary fucking movies. And I don't know why that's a thing. I I mean, other than the fact that we love it, but you and I will do it all year long, you know?
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you're just talking about the general audience, it's like it, it's like a holiday thing. It's like you want Christmas type movies around, you know, Thanksgiving to Christmas time, and you want your spooky season, your horror movies. You want them around how? I mean, Halloween. Whether that be September, or October, tend to be the two best months. And yeah. They, the only company who has ever figured this out and, and done well with it is Blumhouse. And that's the reason that they do so well is because he, he knows and he's like, okay, you know, when I'm releasing Halloween ends, I'm releasing it in fucking October. And everybody's like, hell yeah, you are. Cause that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I, I just don't get it when it, I mean, like they universal had this movie, they had enough, you know, I mean, they, they, I mean, they gave a bunch of stuff to Peter Jackson to to help make it. I mean, they they had you know the confidence in it, but then they release it in the in the middle of summer, and then it just dies, you know. So,
0: which is crazy because it's um, like it's a horror, but it's a comedy. It's a horror comedy, so it's not like it's. I don't know. This isn't a spooky time. This is an any time kind of scary movie.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, it. I just, I felt like, I mean, and and they mentioned that on the the behind the scenes information uh, because Peter Jackson is one of those that realized the, cause DVDs had, well, it was mostly laser disc at the time, but he he saw that DVDs were starting to become a thing, so he recorded every single thing of the process and like has an actual full-on documentary on like the the special features of his disc and like he he mentions that he's like they released it the wrong time and it just killed the movie, you know, is, like so I mean, Okay,
0: fun fact. Scream was released right before Christmas in 1996. <sighs>
1: That doesn't surprise me. I, I almost feel like I watched this in the theater. I could be wrong about that, but I know that I watched this shortly after this came out, The Frighteners. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I want to say I saw it in the theater at some point, but I, but I, you know, because I, I don't, but but I, I don't know. I, I It's like kind of blurry. I mean, I might've saw it like right when it came out on Blu-ray or something too, or, or I mean not Blu-ray, but DVD at the time it was, I mean, I this was, I was excited about this movie, but it just, I don't think that it was very popular because of that.
0: I remember the first uh, time I watched this movie, it was days ago.
1: <laughs> is that really the truth? Yes, is it is. Really when you watch this, I okay, have never go. seen it.
0: Uh, I've always known it was a decent movie and m- like my husband was shook. He was like, no fucking way. He's like, this movie is, you're going to love this movie. So we'll see. We'll see how much I loved it.
1: Um, I'm glad that you, is is a introduction for you because it's going to be interesting to see your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, principal players. We have Michael J. Fox, uh, playing Frank, B- Frank Bannister, who is a widower, a con man and a spiritual medium. Uh, he is primarily known for three main characters. I mean, you either know him from Family Ties when he played Alex Keaton, you know him for Back to the Future playing Marty McFly, which is (laughs) my favorite Michael J. Fox character. Yeah. And then you know him from, or you can know him from Spin City where he played a character named Mike Flaherty. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's the three main things he's known for. Um, one of his first movies that he was ever in was a movie called class of 84, which is kind of like a, a, grindhouse type movie about these, this school that's like really run down and, and like run by these punks or whatever. And they're basically going around killing some of the other students type situation. He plays like the, the quiet, uh, like a quiet mousy type character in the film. And then uh, a lot of people know him from Teen Wolf. That was one of his uh, bigger movies. And um, he was also in Mars Attacks. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, like throwing the horror comedy theme in there again.
0: Wait a second. What was he in Mars Attacks?
1: I want to say he was one of the presidential, like, uh, cabinet members or something. Okay. Um,
0: God, they had so many fucking stars in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean it was loaded. I mean it I mean just if you the first thing you pull up is that the president and that was, you know, Jack Nicholson. So I mean it's uh it's a pretty big cast on that film. Um, I'm trying I'll wait for this to load here. But anyways, we have uh Trini Alvarado playing Lucy Linsky, who is a recent widower herself, uh, a wife to a husband that, or won't let go, and then the target of a serial killer from beyond the grave. And she was in a she was in a movie called The Staircase, which is uh, is actually a miniseries that came out in two thousand, you know, twenty two. So she's still working. Um, she was in the nineteen ninety four version of Little Women, and she was in a uh, nineteen eighty eight horror movie called The Chair, which is another uh, movie about a ghost, but this time it's one that returns uh, back to life after being, uh, you know, killed by electrocution. We have. Um, Chai McBride playing Cyrus, uh, a 70s-era ghost, also a con man, a friend of Frank's. Uh, He is in – actually does – I guess does a voice in Beavis and Budhead Do the Universe, that new Paramount Plus movie that's out.
0: I wonder – I think the kids (laughs) have seen that, but I have not, so. Uh,
1: According to – or by the way, according to Google, uh, Michael J. Fox played Jason Stone in uh, Mars Attacks. That doesn't mean anything because I don't know who that character is, but there you go. I mean, uh, he was also in Gone in 60 Seconds, a Nick Cage classic, uh, <laughs> pushing daisies. And uh, he's, he's actually the voice of Nick Fury in the Marvel animated uh, series, uh, and he's done tons of TV work. We have uh, Jim Fife playing Stuart, who's a 50s-era ghost, a con man, and a friend of Frank's. He was in. Uh, he was actually a big character in the X Files and the Lone Gunman. He was one of those three guys that were the conspiracy theorists that were all the time giving uh, Mulder like the information that he then he went off of. Yeah. If you ever watched that show.
0: Hmm. No, I, I. I mean, I've seen it, but not enough to know specific characters.
1: Uh, he was actually in Ghostbusters too, which we've already discussed. He played one of the Scolari brothers and oh, he was the ghost jogger, but that was an uncredited, uh, yeah. You know, a part that they had in that.
0: That's crazy.
1: <laughs> and then he was in the 1991 dark shadows TV series, which of course about Barnabas Collins, who's a vampire and it's very overdramatic and, and all that, like a, a, you know, a soap opera, but that, that's what it was with vampires.
0: Yeah. I, I, I remember, I think the hubs <clears throat> liked dark shadows. I mean, we thought the movie was hilarious. I did not know about the show, but apparently he he kind of liked the show, so
1: The show's actually not bad. I mean, if you're going to watch a soap opera, I mean, having like a supernatural element to it's kind of cool. Yeah. I think they had witches and all kinds of stuff on there. It was it was kind of cool. Uh John Aston plays the judge. He's an old west ghost. He is the ghost fucker in this film <laughs> and uh or he is a friend of Franks. Of course, he's Gomez Adams from the original Adams family. He'll forever be known as that. Uh, great part. Yes. Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> he played the bad guy in that, and he's also in the animated version of that, uh, T- the TV show of Shut Killer Tomatoes. Up. He, yeah, he did the voice for the bad, the same bad guy. They just took it from Return and then made it into the Oh, cartoon. my God.
0: Love that cartoon. <laughs>
1: uh, he was in The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. with... Um, um, uh, Bruce Campbell, which is, uh, I mean, a really good Western, uh, but it's, it's not one of those regular Western TV shows. It's got like a, uh, almost like a steampunk, like weird West vibe to oh, it. Oh, I like that. Course, uh, and John Aston was the mad scientist who made up all these, uh, uh, gadgets before their time. Like he has, he invents like a steam powered, um, uh, mine cart that, that Bruce Campbell has to use in like the second episode, I believe it is. Hmm um and he was in Erie, indiana now do you remember that show at all i love that show Whenever i'm um, uh, nickelodeon I, when I was a kid uh i believe it was on nickelodeon yeah the one thing that everybody remembers about it is the tupperware kids um do you remember that episode you know what i'm talking about
0: no because i just Erie, indiana reminded me of like a knockoff of are you afraid of the dark or something and i just i never similar. got into it, it
1: It was, it was almost like a goosebumps because like the Tupperware kids were basically these two creepy twins that never aged because their mother sealed them up in a big Tupperware dish every night, whenever they went to bed. And so they always stayed. Uh, basically preteens, and then, like, at the end of the episode, the, something happens to their mother, I think they might, I, I don't, I think it implies that they, you know, got rid of her somehow. May, I don't know if it remember because it's been a while since I've seen it, if they actually say that they killed her. But anyways, they, they refuse to go back in the Tupperware, and they've, they've aged, and they're actually adults or something. So it, it's one of those type shows.
0: It said the original network was NBC, but I swear I primarily saw this on Nickelodeon.
1: It might have been in reruns or something. I yeah. remember, I it was It only had one season. Like, and yeah, it's, it's criminally underrated too because it had some. I mean, it was a good anthology type show. It was almost like tales from the crypt in a way. Like every episode had like a different baddie, but like it was, you know, they that had some supernatural element to them. Okay, uh, and
0: it's it did have one season, but then it was followed by God nineteen episodes in one season. That's like. That's that's not like how it is now. It's like one season has like eight episodes, but then you like have a, I don't know, like a mid-season like finale, and then you have a few more episodes, but holy shit, back in the day, it was so different. Um, Okay, and then it was followed by another show of the same thing called Erie, Indiana, The Other Dimension, Uh, and it was syndicated on the Disney Channel.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Disney has has that. They probably don't have it on Disney Plus because they suck, but, I mean, it would be cool <laughs> if they did.
0: Hold on. Let's see where we can watch it. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube for free. Amazon Prime Video has it for free as well. <clears throat> there you go. Amazon sponsors.
1: I, I might have to check that out because, I mean, I really did like it as a kid. I, I mean, it, but I was also into Scary Stories telling in the Dark, Goosebumps. I mean, it was this show was, like, right there I yeah mean, was you know
0: you were just a little creeper is what you were
1: uh, yeah basically i mean you know i wasn't like the kids in sinister and, and planning to kill my parents by you know uh, you know tying them up and pouring gasoline over them but hey you know we all have our different things
0: laurena you know, would not know she did not watch it <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh you that might actually be a movie that you need to see i, I, I the second one for sure because i think that it, it would be pretty i mean you you might get freaked out by it honestly oh
0: that'll be um, fun then
1: funny thing is is that john Aston was not in teen wolf with michael j foxby was in teen wolf 2 with patrick bateman so uh-huh. there you go uh, there's a little connection there We have, uh, Jake Busey playing Johnny Bartlett, uh, the serial killer alive and dead in the movie, a death quote unquote, and he is a ghost that, that fucks, or at least it's highly implied. So there you go. (laughs) Good God. Uh, he's actually in a, uh, 2021 horror movie set in Kentucky that I've never heard about and I want to watch now called Bluegrass Spirits. It's about a haunted distillery. So I want, I want to see this.
0: Yeah. That's right up your alley. (laughs) Literally.
1: Really, uh, he was in the uh, From Dusk Till Dawn TV series. Um, he, he was he was all riding right that I remember. But he's like his dad. He plays over the top characters, like yeah. he always has. And uh, he was in Stranger Things uh, season three. I didn't even think about it until I, I was like looking the notes up for this. He played like well, I think one of the uh, assistant lifeguards or something. To you know, he worked with Billy. So there you go.
0: I apparently do not remember this. But I want to say, I, I just have to bring it up. Have you ever seen... Oh, God, let me see if the movie shows up here. Um, I, I think it's called Home Fries with Drew Barrymore.
1: Yes. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it.
0: Okay. This movie is... They, they all have terrible southern accents, okay? First off. <laughs> Their name... Okay. <laughs> so... Luke Wilson, you know. I can know. only
1: imagine. I can. I can only imagine Drew Barrymore doing a southern accent because she's mush mouth and kind of got a weird accent of her own. And I can only imagine her trying to translate that into a southern. But go ahead. Well,
0: go ahead. They, they they gave her the trailer park southern accent, so it, it worked. Oh God. Okay, it worked, and she was a little sweetie pie. So, it, anyways, um, it, this is not a horror film, but I. <laughs> do you know who Luke Wilson is? Yes. Okay. Now imagine him playing brothers with Jake Busey
1: that does not that does not compute that does not compute
0: not at all and I'm trying to remember if maybe one of them is not like their one of them is their dad is not because they don't look anything like each other but they treat each other they are so weird. but anyways Jake Busey's name in that movie was I'm not joking Angus was what? Angus like the beef.
1: Angus uh, okay. Okay,
0: I'm like, uh, (laughs) do what now?
1: (laughs) I could see. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but Jake Busey's kind of got a Southern twang because Gary Busey's kind of got a. It's a weird Southern twang. It's like I don't know. It's like California meets Texas, mixed in with something else. But they they do have a. There's a. There's definitely something there. So I could see him maybe pulling that off. Yeah, he pulled it off Um, just
0: fine. Their mom was Catherine O'Hara, who we know from plenty of Tim Burton films. And uh, she and course, did really uh, well,
1: and and uh, Shits Creek, where she puts on this ridiculous voice for that show, but it's but it's meant to be that way. So I
0: think using the southern accent and saying Angus all the time, they it, it really it really worked. So Catherine O'Hara did fine, and so did Jake Busey, but uh, Owen Wilson and Drew Barrymore, they they needed some help. Owen sure. or Luke, Luke, Luke uh, Owen uh, sorry, Luke Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson, my bad, Luke Wilson.
1: It's, it's funny because Luke plays a southern character in Zombieland, too, and it's kind of over the top in that one, too.
0: I could see Owen Wilson closer to Luke or Jake Busey in terms of, like, playing brothers. They, wow. They can, <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, uh, Luke Wilson and Jake Busey, it was not popping. So, anyways, that's a side tangent. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs>
1: I, well, I mean, that's the reason I bring this up, because I'll just, like, discuss in some of these other movies as we go through here. Yeah. Uh, Dee Wallace, uh, who's been on our list already, and I'll get to it, uh, playing Patricia Bradley. She's the abused daughter, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quotation the, uh, marks. Psychopath. Yeah, psychopath and a certified ghost fucker. um she she's is a living she's ghost a pen- fucker, kind of yeah. like Steve was in Spirits uh, Are Willing. So she's a go.
0: penetrator, too.
1: Uh, yes what is that Uh, called when when
0: when you strap on and
1: (laughs) pegging Pegging. she's She's a a pegger (laughs) she and he definitely uh he definitely enjoys that oh yeah Lucy's into that sort of thing he was uh there's a whole there's a whole scene if you if you haven't watched it folks it's i think it's only in the director's cut where the two of them uh while lucy is investigating but uh uh she she's telling patricia to get out of there and patricia says okay give me just a second i've got to go and like she goes in there and reveals that she's with johnny and like she you know when the two of them are together and she's got like a butcher knife in her hand and she just keeps stabbing him in his chest and he's getting off to it i mean you know you can tell they really enjoy their little games together yes um so uh, we have uh, so D Wallace was in the is going to be in the monsters. Speaking of that, the the Rob Zombie monsters, which is hilarious. He it's it's all coming back, folks. It's all tied in together. <laughs> uh, she played the mom in the original Critters movie. She played the mom in Cujo. Uh, she which was Cujo? I'm sorry,
0: I have to give a tangent. Cujo was just a Karen's like her side of the story of a misunderstood puppy. And you cannot convince me otherwise.
1: <laughs> uh, to me, it was Big yell uh, or his old Yeller. But if uh, you know he was a bigger dog, and you know they, he was, you know, went on a murderous rampage before you know the the son actually went out there and shot him. Spoiler alert for anybody's not watching that movie. But you don't need the trauma that I yeah. lived with as a child to so like watch it.
0: We do not need. We never got Cujo's side of the story. He was dead by the time they showed up, and we don't know what happened. She just fucking a psycho. That's what it is. (laughs)
1: Um, She was uh, in The Howling. Uh, She was in The House of the Devil. That's where you probably, she was the renter at the beginning. Yes, I remember that. Small part she had. She's in The Lords of Salem, another Rob Zombie film. That's probably why she's in The Monsters. Uh, she's in three from hell from Rob Zombie. He, he likes, he doesn't just use Sherry Moon zombie guys. He, yeah. he uses all his actors. So don't give Sherry Moon all this shit, even though we do just don't, don't do it.
0: You have <laughs> a job with, when you get a job with him, you have a job for life.
1: Yes. It's, uh, he's one of those directors. If he likes you, you're, you're going to be with him from then on. And, uh, even if you don't necessarily have the acting chops to pull the part off, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, we have, and she's actually in an episode of Supernatural. Did you know that?
0: Wait, what? Into the Mystic. Yeah.
1: Into the Mystic. It was 2016.
0: I don't remember. You know, I binge watched all of those so hard.
1: Well, 2016 would have been, in my opinion, on its major decline. So I would forgive anybody for not remembering most of those episodes. I, I know there's going to be SPN fans out there that want to kill me after saying that. And you went and you saw how crazy they are. So I just do myself to to murder but i mean as a fan of the series it was not on its best legs toward the end of its run
0: it was the 11th this episode of been, season 11
1: this might have been during Carver's season i can't remember and he was fine but then right after that we had dab and then it, then it went downhill big time
0: oh my god <laughs> i'm i'm looking it's the 11th episode of season 11 uh, Sam and Dean investigate a case where people are suffering violent deaths after hearing a mysterious song. How come I don't remember that? Anyways, we'll move on.
1: We have a uh, darling of the genre. We have Jeffrey Combs playing Milton Dammers, uh, federal agent and student of the occult and a nut job. Um. He has been on this list already because he was in House on Haunted Hill, the remake, mm-hmm. as the uh, evil Dr. Mangala. You know, stand in. It was uh, haunting the place. Yeah, but uh, he's primarily known for Reanimator and its sequels, and uh, the movie From Beyond. But he's been in a ton of stuff. Like Jeffrey Combs is just awesome. So I mean, when he shows up, it's generally going to be an over-the-top movie, but a good one. Okay. And. I got to throw it in here because Arlie Ermy is awesome. And uh, he was in, uh, he played house. He was the, uh, the gatekeeper for the cemetery. So, oh know, yeah, he, he, he doesn't Arlie Ermey can't act. He plays Arlie Ermy, <laughs> but you're getting, but you're getting Arlie Ermey. That, that's, that's what fun. I say. He's so,
0: be, I was thinking he's playing himself.
1: <laughs> he's always played himself. Like they, when they hire him, they want him. For himself. They know that he's not going to act any other way.
0: They like him for him.
1: (laughs) They like me for me.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I see. You knew where I was going.
1: Uh, So, synopsis. After what was assumed to be an accident caused by his drinking, Frank Bannister left the widower and able to see the spirits of the dead. Unwilling to go back to his prior career as an architect, he uses his newfound powers to con others into paying him to cleanse their houses of ghosts, which are actually being haunted by three of his spirit friends, Cyrus, the Judge, and Stuart. This seems to be working fine until one of Frank's recent clients is found dead of a heart attack, sending off a chain of murders that has both police and even death it, himself pursuing Frank. The living and the dead are whipped into a frenzy. Old lovers unite. Death tallies continue to climb. Mysteries are solved. And yes, dear listeners, ghosts are fucked in (laughs) this movie. So there you go.
0: And they like it.
1: what well, let, let's discuss that now. What is your, I mean, we can, we can go into like, you know, the story and all that, just the general breakdown, but like, what did you like about this movie? And we got the ghost fucking scene in particular. We've already discussed the, the scene between Patricia and uh, Johnny Bartlett, but there's another set at the beginning of the movie when it starts out and she's being chased by Johnny, the cheat in that scene is that you think that she's being scared by him, but actually that's another one of their sex games. Like he's chasing her around. Like I'm going to get you. You know, that's yeah. It's, it's foreplay and you don't realize it till later, but that's what that is.
0: <laughs> fucking weirdos.
1: <laughs> um, well, she's fucking a ghost. I mean, that's already weird enough it, on its own. So anyways,
0: yeah. It, uh, <laughs> can I say that these two in that scene, I wonder how much fun they had doing that because they both did a pretty good job. <laughs> they, bu- I mean, well, the like, funny- go ahead.
1: I was going to say the funny thing is, is the way that they had to film this movie, the ghosts were never actually in the same scene with a person who was doing the, the acting. The, the, they were completely separated, and the only interaction they had was that the person who was quote-unquote living uh, recorded their part of it, and then the person who was quote-unquote the ghost had to sit there and listen to them uh, You know, like a recording of what they'd done, and then they responded to that. So that's how they did the, the special effects for this movie
0: um reverend
1: which is actually goes to show you how good the the actors are in this movie
0: uh reverend hang tight for a second yes. there's i think there's somebody in my house that I don't know who they are and my dogs okay. are going crazy give me one second all right back
1: hopefully everything was okay with that
0: yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have to cut this out because i just bounced out in a hurry but yes it was it was just my cousin and okay yeah anyways all is well
1: so anyways, I was discussing the fact that, I mean, it was, I, I think it's pretty amazing that the, the job that they did acting because everybody in this movie was not even really acting with each other. It was like the ghosts were, I mean, it, we're acting with each other and the living were acting, but like, I mean, if there was any interaction between the two of them, it was totally separate and they had to just go off of like their assumptions of the, what the character was, was doing or saying at that time.
0: Yeah. I have to agree with you on that because there was, okay. So there was scenes where Patricia, had her hand out, and she's basically. So the oh god, I, I should have gotten all the actresses' names because I'm like uh, uh Trini who played Lucy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that one. Uh, so Lucy is at the at the house trying to get her out, and she sees her with her hand out, and she knows that something's up because at this point she knows that there's you know ghosts that they're real, and right. she's basically petting him, and she you see him there, and then you see him not there. And the hand movements are really good. But back to the penetrating scene, the pegging, if you will, it really did look like she was holding him and stabbing him. So I'm like, it is so hard for me right now to hear what you have just said about them not being in there at the same time, the same room, and not think that they didn't at least have a scene where she was practicing, you know, with him. I don't know. They did so good.
1: It was in the, there was, it was in the bloopers, like that scene where she was stabbing him. Uh-huh. She said that there was like, she was, they were telling her basically how high to stab so that it would like show up better whenever they, they, you know, like switched it over. Yeah. She said there was one scene where she was stabbing and they said, um. Uh, they they it's like D. Uh, you, you'd be stabbing him like in, in near his uh, near his nether region or something. The way you, you, see, you need to raise it up a little bit. So and you know she broke out laughing because she was like stabbing him in the nuts at one. Point
0: or something, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I I think they did a great job. Um, like I said, <laughs> it looked like the two actors were really enjoying themselves, so they both did a really good job.
1: Um, I'm. <sighs> I just, I liked every, I mean, this was those movies where the the characters made the movie. And, and and I'm not even just saying that when we get to the trivia, it was like a literal thing, but I mean, like it, it, I enjoyed just the interaction between the, the like actors in the movie there. I mean, like most of them are likable, even dammers who is, you know, like just a despicable person, the way that Jeffrey Combs like made that character, uh, you know, and he, and he added all that stuff to him. It was, he, he, he's got your attention when he's on screen. Cause he's so weird, you know, like he just stands out.
0: He is weird. Um, I, I did not like him particularly. Uh, I didn't, I mean, at least they made him useful in the film. So that's a good thing. When I say I didn't like him, you're not supposed to like this character. So no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, at all. He 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 disgusts me. He irks me out and I think that's to have those kind of feelings in a film and where the character actually does make a little bit of sense. Uh bravo is all I got to say because you know, just like those characters that, you know, people hate them so much, hate their characters so much, they hate them in real life, you know, that's when you know the actor did an amazing <laughs> job. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I, I, agree with you and, and, he did that and then, you know, Johnny Bartlett's just, you know, played by, you know, Jake Busey's like so crazy and out there that he, you know, he really, you know, made that character stand out too, as far as the, the, because the, the, better your bad guy is, the better the movie is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people realize that, but that's, that's really the case. Um, what did you, uh, what did you think about the, uh, the, the effects of like the, uh, ghost in the movie and then some of the other stuff in it?
0: So... It, they were they looked good, but in a cheesy kind of way. So aside from a few ghost fucking scenes, you can you can let your preteens watch this film because it's not especially if your kid's scared of mo- of ghosts or whatever, or, you know, scary movies. I think this is this could technically be a pretty decent intro scary movie that they're not so scary i think the effects in terms of them looking gross because the ectoplasm is starting to like deteriorate their, their eyes yeah and,
1: nose and yeah it's starting yeah. to like
0: deteriorate them as spirits which is interesting because you know the bodies do that uh i thought it was a very interesting way to do that to spirits because you don't really ever think about that you know
1: well, what they were going for in the movie is that they were wanting the spirit, the the spirits or the ghost to uh, look like what their body would be in the grave or something that you would think that they would look like. You know, of course, that's why Judge being the oldest of the undead or of the ghost in the movie, like he's falling apart. Like you can see more and more of his body. Like, you know, his, you can see his spine. You, you know, you'd see parts of his, you know, uh, if you look real, real close at his head you can see like in his scalp or whatever is like rotted away and part of his skull is showing through and of course he's got the bone jaw that's hanging out yeah so it's 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 and and the one that you see it on the most in the movie is actually uh, on Lucy's husband because he starts out being just other than the fact that he's just a spirit and he looks like he's been crying or whatever cuz of the ectoplasm like if you see him later on in the movie he's got like this you know, this rot that started at his neck where you can kind of see the skin is you know deteriorating a little bit so yeah um it's it's a neat effect and and the funny thing is you say that about the ghosts that they're, they're not scary if you see them on the special features without like the ghost effect around them i mean they would make like legit creepy ass you know undead but that was the thing that they ran into whenever they were doing the movie that they were afraid of that people would be confused that if they were zombies or not so that's the reason they went the whole casper out and made them like bluish white tint and made them transparent because they're like they they said that was an easy shorthand to let people know these are ghosts yeah even though they might look like zombies they're ghosts
0: oh and i think it works honestly i i I thought it it did pretty good
1: yeah, it's a, it's a quick visual cheat, you know, or, well, not really a cheat, but, I mean, it's a quick visual clue to give, the, you know, the audience without them having to, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's a ghost. You know, it stands out from everything else.
0: Yeah. Now, we got to see some of the people that died immediately, and they get sucked into the light, which is awesome, you know, to kind of see because that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, some people clearly mm-hmm. don't go towards the light. But I wonder what happens to their spirit after – 'Cause we see in the scenes where death, who happens to be Jake Busey's character, Johnny, Bartlett, if you will, um, where he kills them. He's got the he's got the how do you pronounce it? Is it the the scythe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, he's got the scythe and he but it, it seems like if you kill a ghost, if if death kills a ghost, they end up going to the afterlife anyways. They don't have it's like they're they don't get the choice of going into the light at that point. They they're for, they have to go on. Like because if you if you remember at the end of the movie, there's a scene where uh, Frank gets he he grabs Patricia and like and and that's it's a cool scene, but I don't know it it I, you know I guess he grabs uh, what I'm trying to say is he grabs Patricia like out of her her spirit out of her body and he or her soul and like pulls her up into heaven with him because yes. he sees that it's like open. The, the thing that gets me is that, like, Johnny never even attempts to do that to anybody. He just tries to crush their heart. But I guess Johnny doesn't care if they, you know, about how he, he wants the death to be consistent. He, yeah. he doesn't, so his M.O. is to have them, give them the heart attack, even though he could do the same thing that Frank did and kill them just that much easier by yeah. pulling them directly out of bodies, you know.
0: <laughs> which was, which was pretty fucking cool, actually.
1: Because you just don't and,
0: expect it. You know, all of a sudden, you think everything, like, oh shit, that they won. And then all of a sudden, you just see fucking Tr- Patricia just being yanked at her, soul being yanked out of her. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome.
1: And then, yeah. And then she gets yanked out. And then, like, her and Frank, like, travel, you know, and the Johnny follows uh, up the, you know, the light tunnel. And then, like, Frank makes it all the way. I mean, he loses her part way up. And then, like, he goes all the way up to the the pearly gates mm-hmm. and he sees Stu and, um and, uh, Simon. Oh, person, yeah, okay, and, so, yeah, you know, they made it. So, they made it, so they were killed by, you know, Johnny, but that meant they immediately went to the afterlife. Okay, you know. so that
0: does answer that question, because I was like, what happened? Because only because I just didn't see, um, what's her name, Lucy's husband. He got turned into fucking yeah. hamburger meat.
1: Yeah, he got chopped up. I mean, his whole face, like, got sliced in half or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, and then just got thrown on a car. She didn't see it, which, again, oh, fucking yeah. awesome.
1: I forgot about that. Like, just that his body was laying in, like, this puddle or whatever, which Stewart's did something similar. It deflated whenever he got, like, killed that way. But, like, it was just like a hunk of meat laying on the car. That, yeah. Just, that she couldn't see it. It looked
0: it, hella cool. Yeah. <laughs> The um, one
1: thing that I didn't like about the special effects, I mean, you know, and then you can chime in on this and go over what, it, you you know, and continue on with what you're saying. I did not like, I, death does not hold up. The the graphical effects they did for the, the Grim Reaper do not hold up now. Like, they're very cheesy. Oh, yeah.
0: They, they are. Um, For 1996,
1: not too terrible. That, it wasn't for the time, no. Yeah. And, they, and I'll get into that in the trivia about how much they, they focused on all that stuff. But you watch it now... And they had an option to go the route of making like because all the people in the movie that were ghosts, they they did the practical effects and then they used digital effects to make them you know have that transparent ghostly effect. Yeah, and it worked, but even now because the practical held up, you know, even yeah. if the you know the transparency is a little cheesy in parts, uh, the practical effects still hold up. But they didn't do that at all with the Grim Reaper. They they talked about it and they talked about having like a you know an actual puppet style creature that that they were going to make up in place of it. And then they were like, no, because of the way he needs to move, let's just make him all computer graphics. And, you know, they were, Peter Jackson was intensely proud of it at the time. Yeah. But it just does not hold up now, like at all. Like, I mean. I mean,
0: technically they could go redo it if they really wanted to. I think it's a good representation of the time. And I am glad that they did it the way that they did because the way he moved I agree 100% because I was going to say the way they had it moving, there would have been no way you could have done that, you know, any other
1: way. Oh, they they they, they said it. They, they said that he needed to move more. He needed to float, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, he, and and they couldn't get that effect. They tried, and they, they couldn't get anywhere close to it, so they scrapped it.
0: Yeah, it would have taken too much time, too much <clears throat> money. Um, Yeah, I mean, it looks the way that it looks now, but that's just because we're spoiled with – how so much video games have gotten better and movies everything in general so we're yeah, we're we're, we're, computer we're
1: graphics oh yeah for computer sure your graphics have drastically improved since that time period yeah for sure
0: i wanted to bring up how the judge had his time to shine and he got he got <laughs> in his his ghost
1: fucking which I, 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 yeah, we, we have to discuss that because that's the theme of the episode. So go ahead.
0: Um, do, do we, was consent?
1: That's the thing. I don't know if you can say he got consent because when he rises up, that line, I mean, would get you canceled these days. Oh, my I mean. God.
0: I love it when they're still like that. Ugh.
1: I love it when they lay still like that, you know, and it's just like, damn, Judge. It's
0: like, <laughs> and, like, he technically, he didn't bang another ghost. He banged a body.
1: Yeah. Well, it was implied that the the body, and that was a weird, that's an odd thing, you know, now that we mention it. I mean, that, that, um that implies in, in the lore of this movie, this universe that the way the Egyptians preserved the dead tied the soul to the body itself. Yeah. Because the, the soul never left the body. It was, it was in the sarcophagus in, <laughs> in the, you know, in the, the mummy. And I mean, you know, so it, I mean, it had to be for him to be banging it. So it's like, I mean, that's a a weird thought. I mean, it's a weird bit of headcanon. It's like, you know, because they they preserved them so that they would be able to, you know, better, so their body and soul would be able to both, you know, go on to the afterlife and whatever. But it basically, in the lore of this film, it bound them to Earth. Like, they, they they're now they're stuck there in the body that they, you know, that they were entombed in.
0: Well, it's bound, but technically, wouldn't that mean that he wouldn't have been allowed in? Like that wrapping, it protects the spirit from coming out, but would it it protect his spirit dick from coming in? Theoretically,
1: Mm, I I don't know. (laughs) We're talking about ghost fucking here, there's a lot of variables you got to figure in. I mean,
0: and furthermore, if I may present, if he made it through that binding, can she now escape through her? Tmp tight mummy pussy now can she just get out her spirit can come out through there now because he has you know pegged a desecrated hole
1: desecrated the the bindings
0: yes I think I think she's free now so I I say consent was well, involved
1: <laughs> well maybe it was maybe that was her way of getting out of there and she's like th- finally somebody is you know uh, found me you know worthy to uh, to f- fuck out of this world it's a so really
0: fucked up Snow White tale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Instead she's,
0: of kissing the like, dead to free she, them,
1: <laughs> she's laid there for you know thousands of years, just waiting for her prince to walk up and fuck her into the, the afterlife. Yeah, fuck her into go. freedom.
0: <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Oh, and did, you know what? She was there though, for right so long too.
1: He's like. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's funny right after that, because he's got that scene where he's like, "You so happy, and he yeah. sees Frank and he's like, I'm not shooting blanks anymore.
0: Oh, like. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, you know,
1: he had that scene right before that, talking about how his ectoplasm was drying up, which is yes. a whole sexual thing in and of itself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: Yeah, this movie was fucking comedy gold. Like one thing after another, and it's so funny because if you're just a kid and you're not getting all the the inferences that they're making, it's it's just like oh my god, this ghost is dying, you know. But you're an adult now, and you're like (laughs) (laughs) ectoplasm.
1: I I I like that. I like that too. I mean, even though it has nothing to do with the sexual stuff of it, you know, where uh, Frank and and Trini's character, uh, Linsky or whatever, she's, she's there and, and they're like, you know, having the discussion over dinner and, you know, cause they have that ghost scene, basically the scene yeah. from Patrick Swayze's ghost where it's like, tell me what he's saying. You know, is he, is he still here? And of course he was, he was right beside Lucy. And then he's, and then like, you know, uh, <laughs> It's just it's funny hearing him because like she can't hear anything he's saying and, and he's like, Oh, we had the best relationship and she's and then she turns around to Frank. Things were bad at the end. Like he we were growing apart and he's like, Lucy, you yeah. bitch, you know, like
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything I mean, she did it was the opposite of what he was like, Oh, she likes red wine. I like white wine, like
1: it's, it's like, I would like white, white wine, and he, and he's like, what? You know, like, freaking out, because he was one of those husbands that never, like, listened to her at all. Like, he just, he always ordered her for her, you know, and I, I thought they did a pretty good job of, like, conveying that with, like, little, you know, just little bits of dialogue like that.
0: When he was first introduced, I thought he was gay, because he was freaking out over his lawn gnome <laughs> and his fence, and, like, I mean, I understand freaking out about your fence if someone just Burst through with their fucking jalopy. I get it. You know, but like he the way he responded, him, I thought he was a gay character and I was like, oh wait, he's dating what appears to be the main female character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: funny thing and the funny thing you talk about snow white but she i mean i was sitting there thinking honestly during the movie i was like if they did a live action version of snow white she would have been the one to play it at the time because i mean she had extremely pale skin in this movie like i mean you know so i was just sitting there thinking i was like she kind of looks like a you know a real life snow white if i ever saw one yeah
0: that is true
1: (laughs) and the the funny thing is too it's it's they have this whole thing about how Frank is basically one of the dead anyways, because he hangs out with spirits. His house is falling apart around him. He's living in a haunted home and he's the one that haunts it. That's kind of the, one of the, you know, neat little twists in the movie. And he has stopped living because when his wife died, he did, he basically died with her. But it's like, you know, Lucy looks dead, and, you know, it's like, maybe that's the attraction for him. I never thought about that till just now, but, like, her pale skin and everything, like, I don't know. Like, he, he's still in death mode himself, so maybe that's why they hit it off so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the chemistry of the two characters, though, in general, just from the beginning, I don't know. They were just, they just came off so comfortable with each other. You don't always get oh, yeah, that right yeah, away. For sure. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think that together they worked really well and it, they didn't, even if they had not become, you know, uh, love interests at all, I think they still had great chemistry.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm going to throw this out there because this definitely applies to the next movie we're talking about, it, but it applies to this one. This is one of those, I mean, I'm sure that the woke mob would come back and throw a million, you know, different allegations against this movie, but it does one thing that they can't do right anymore. And that is that they have a powerful female character without making the, the, the guy in the film look, you know, weak or stupid in comparison to make her, because I feel like Frank and Lucy both stood their ground in their different ways and they were both competent and they were both strong characters and, you know, neither one of them had, and, and it was, it's just better writing that way whenever you have the, fe- you know, the, the female character. Because she's kicking, uh, you know, like, she realizes what D- dammer's triggers are, and, like, she plays them to a hilt. Like, she knows that he can't stand her screaming, so that's the oh, only yeah. way to get away from him, you know.
2: Oh, my and, God.
1: Uh, <laughs> and she's a competent doctor. You know, she brings Frank back, and then, you know, like, I mean, she's, she's a strong female character without having to be, to either say it, or, you know, have Frank be an idiot by comparison.
0: She's a strong, independent, extremely pale woman.
1: <laughs> extremely pale woman. Um and I mean, like even D. Wallace was like paleish in this movie, but she still made it was like she had color to her skin. It's just like you're looking at Tranny and it's like, you need to get some sun sometime. I mean it's <laughs> geez. Some
0: vitamin you need some D. Vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. Jinx.
1: Yeah, she got that vitamin D. Oh, movie at least. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything else about the story that you want to bring up? I, I like that it. it was, I mean, it wasn't like a, the flashiest story ever, but it, it got the point across.
0: It wasn't flashy, but it was consistent. And I mean, like, just like the one hole I thought that was left in the story, you basically told me, no, this is how they explain that away. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, okay i don't they didn't i don't think that they left anything out they they covered everything they explained everything i don't know it worked too
1: yeah i mean the world was was consistent i mean you know like lucy gets the ability just like frank because she had a near-death experience so that tied in um, you know, there's the consecrated ground is something that's in a lot of, you know, lore. And I liked that they worked that in, that they had to go to the, you know, the the chapel in the hospital to get rid of the ashes. And and um, kind of gave me supernatural vibes a little bit, you know. Um, yeah. There was, uh, I liked how they worked in the stuff with Dammers. you know. Be, he was in all those different cults or whatever all those years. And something that they worked in that you only get whenever you think about it is the, you know, you know the scene where he's got the butt donut and yeah. he has to sit on it because he's, he's, you know, he's got hemorrhoids so bad. Yeah. He was a sex slave of those cults. Oh, That's why he's got hemorrhoids.
0: Oh my God. Uh,
1: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, they really meant it that way because they said it on the special features. That's, you know, uh, Jeffrey Combs said that he's like, that's the reason, you know, he, he didn't come around out and say it, but he's like, that's the reason that he needed a butt donut. He has hemorrhoids from all, you know, and it's like, okay, I get what you were hinting at with this. Okay.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. I did catch the donut and I'm like, why is he, what, he, why does he, I mean, I get hemorrhoids, you know, but I'm like, okay. Like, I don't know. His character was so fucking weird. I mean, I know that's how it was intended to be. It was just, did you notice he had like no nipples when they showed his chest?
1: Yeah. And it was, I think it was implied that they were cut off or something by the cults that, you know, carved on him. Okay. So there's that whole thing too. <laughs> so weird.
0: The whole thing was so weird. I'm like, there was a few times where I was like, why are you here? And I know they needed him for the dramatic effects of, you know, obviously he was pulling Lucy away from reviving, uh, Michael Fox's character. Um, Yes. You know, I, I I get it, you know, but of
1: course he was also the one that prevented Michael J. Fox from actually taking the ashes to the, you know, and concentrated ground because he, you know, did that asshole move. That was the thing that to me, I was like, you deserve to die at this point for if nothing else, because you just like Michael J. Fox said, you, you've, you've damned us all, you know, basically it's like, you don't know what you're doing with this.
0: Dumb motherfucker.